0: I followed curiosity in a sort of almost blind way and almost fearlessly push against the rules because I didn't necessarily know all the rules.
1: Hey you, you're listening to Not Yet, the podcast about our relationships and how they're the keys to our self-discovery. I'm your host, Paige Polk. I'm a community builder and Emmy award-winning digital media artist, channeling the powers of introspection you're in the right place if you're mindful about the world you create and believe it's possible for us all to belong. I'm so grateful you're here. Now let's start the show. Okay, Uh, welcome back to the Not Yet Podcast, the community healing project about our relationships with ourselves, with others, and how uh, self-knowing is really the way to the revolutionary lives of our dreams. Today, I have a very special guest, a very special friend, and a very special person. Her name is Julia Gorbach, and she's going to be joining in on the show with us today. Hey, Julia. Hello, everybody. Very happy to be here. I'm going to give Julia's little introduction first, but uh, she is an Emmy award-winning creator, innovator, and filmmaker. She conceives and creates medium agnostic work, which can be AI prototypes, interactive experiences, films, products, commercials, campaigns, and more, a true renaissance woman. A hybrid by design, she's driven by an insatiable curiosity for new experiences and ways of seeing the world. And someone once called her a joyful, wild mind. Currently, she is the director of originals at That, which is Technology, Humans, and Taste, where she fearlessly leads and incubates original work, as well as being one of 30 scholars at the Marketing Academy, where she's learning how to be a great leader. Previously, Julia was a member of New Ink at New Museum and a founding member and filmmaker at The Skin Deep. Awesome. Well, yeah. that's, that's the black and white version of you, uh, Julia. But can you tell us, who are you? What's your story?
0: That is definitely the black and white version. It's funny how we have to really choose what we say within the three to four sentences, but it can never really capture a person, which is the funny part. Um, okay, what's my story? So... you down a little bit memory lane because i thought it might be a nice exercise for myself that i thought would be useful to to hear maybe um so i was born in ukraine at, at the collapse of the soviet union essentially three months before it collapsed and at the time i mean it was chaos there was a lot of corruption and my family in particular very young family my parents had me at around 18 and 20 so they were babies and We were definitely poor. And um, around the time when I was three, my brother was born, he got sick, and my parents had to go and work illegally in Russia to make money. And so they went back and forth for a few years. And when they came back, finally, I think I was around five, six, they started to really look for a place to go outside of Ukraine. And there were different countries and options. To make a long story short, we got a green card to the United States And sold everything and took everybody with us, essentially my 85-year-old great-grandfather, who at the time had built his own house by hand, um, my grandmother, my parents, my brother, and we moved to New York. And we already had a few family members here, and then essentially went into hustle mode. My, My parents were definitely in survivor mode, and they were hustling hard. They went to night school, they worked multiple jobs, they sold vacuum cleaners door to door at some point my mom did Mary Kay there was like all sorts of things that they were doing uh but they were always they always took time to make sure we were learning or trying things and doing classes and I guess like to make a long story short I think I grew up being a pretty good immigrant kid on paper and that means I did extra math and English classes after school I did all of the different types of AP classes that you needed to do. And was like editor in chief of things. And it was a little bit overachieving. Um, And then when thinking about this, I remember that senior year of high school, I I was at school from like 6 AM to 6 PM doing the editor in chief work of the yearbook and the newspaper and all that stuff. And I realized, Oh wow. Okay. So this has been with me, this type of like work ethic has been with me for a while. Um, yeah. And then there were a few things I did outside of that that I, I liked, but I don't think I ever really truly pursued. And that included drawing. And at some point I had applied for an art school and I didn't get in and I sort of just gave up on that, that, but at the same time, I was always writing. So I, I was writing, well, at first I was always journaling. Um, I still have just books and books of, of journals. And then I was always writing poetry I started to write little short stories. I spent one summer writing a book. It was called This Teenage Life that I never read again. And I probably will one day read. But it did inspire an experiment that we did this year, which was cool. Uh, yeah, I think I realized pretty early on that words moved through me. And I was one of those people that would wake up in the middle of the night with a thought or some some line that just randomly popped into my mind in, in a dream that put a post-it note on a wall my mom would be like, take all these Post-its down. It's so messy. Um, yeah. And then I think around 17, something changed. And it for me, was this moment when I was sitting in the car in Staten Island with my parents driving to Brooklyn. And I heard on the radio, I think we were listening to Z100. And there was just a commercial about acting, acting classes. And out of the blue, my body was like, yes, let's do that. And I never really... I didn't act besides maybe performing out scenes in my own room, which I did, but nobody knew about that. So, and I also taught myself how to cry. It was kind of hilarious. Like if anybody had a camera in my room, it would be pretty funny. But yeah, so I I decided to do this acting class. It was on the weekends. In the end, now looking back, I realized it was definitely a scam for money, (laughs) but it enabled me to enter into a different world that I had zero connection in, which was acting And then I did a little bit of modeling and then that ended up opening the door for producing and films and all sorts of different forms of visual expression, essentially. Um, Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. There, I wrote down some thoughts. I was like, Oh, should I share this? But I think at the same time I started to um, I traveled, I started to travel. And luckily I went to a university that was, Full scholarship. It was part of CUNY. It was Macaulay Honors College at Hunter. And at the time, I don't think I realized what that meant, but it enabled me to be free in a certain way. So I ended up starting to really, I didn't really have money, but any money I had would essentially go to travel. So I started to do all sorts of travel programs, etc. And at this point, I've traveled to around 32 countries, uh, like sometimes multiple times, but I think that was a huge eye-opener. I went from this is a story of expansion is basically what's happening. It's a story of expansion and opening my mind and my my eyes to different experiences, different people. It was around the time that I met my now husband, who's French, but grew up in Union Island and his entire world of international people that he was living with and creators and thinkers, etc. It was just completely like a little bit of a revolution for me, and I think I spent my 20s soul-searching and trying out, experimenting a lot with different roles. So, yeah, like I say hybrid because I think I've done so many different types of things, filming, directing, producing, strategy, uh, writing, editing, photography, videography, curating, um, casting, experimenting with technology. I officially have a credit as an inventor Um, prototyping so there was all these sort of things and I think the thing that I learned was I followed curiosity in a sort of almost blind way but it enabled me to test try a lot of things and then apply learnings from one place to the next um, and almost fearlessly push against the rules because I didn't necessarily know all the rules if I jumped from industry to industry and at some point I thought that was a bad thing but I realized that's actually part of the reason I've been able to do some of the things I've been able to do. And now I'm 30. It's my first year being 30. And I'm in a place where I'm trying to take all those learnings and experiences and start to really hone in on who I am and how I want to present in the world, how I want to move through the world, focus on things that matter and bring joy. Loved ones, I think after COVID, we all probably had that moment where it's like, oh, we don't spend enough time with the people we care about. So just reshifting some things And also just remembering some parts of myself that I think I might have gotten lost in the search of all these other things and the curiosities. So yeah, that's my story.
1: What a story. I heard so much. I heard freedom. I heard adventure. I heard expansion. And something that really stuck with me is not knowing the rules. Not knowing the rules and then transitioning into these different spheres of the universe and being like, okay, well, (laughs) I'm going to take what I do have and I'm going to make it work and making something beautiful out of your expression, no matter what the medium is.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's the place where I work now that we talk about advanced beginners and how we move through the world as advanced beginners. And for me, that's been part of our spiel that sticks the most which is most people want to become an expert. But what happens when you have expertise, you start to know the rules and you operate by them. And what happens with advanced beginners, and it comes from this nurse who essentially had this idea of dividing into five different brackets, nursing students, so that she knew when, when to put them into different scenarios. And then one of the brackets was advanced beginner. And it was this idea that, you know enough, you have a foundation, but you don't know all the rules. So you're able to navigate and innovate. And so I think that's part of the reason why when you think about innovation, you never think about expertise necessarily. You think about fearlessness. You think about thinking outside the box. You think about somebody sort of like cross-pollinating into a different, like connecting ideas that seem disconnected. And so I think that's why now I'm able to say, okay, I think it makes sense. that path
1: yeah it really does and uh well I know a little bit about what you do at that but it really seems like when you are working with all these different kinds of media and when you're working with essentially what is an idea you're really going to the core of what is an idea and how can we express it in its purity having that diversity of experience is nothing but a a bonus
0: Yeah, you could say that. And I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned as well. I think my time at Skin Deep taught me how to open up my heart and also how to think story first before technology. That connected the dots over to where I am now, which is very much understanding the difference between a concept and an execution and a really good idea has no technology in the sentence, like when you describe it, it's simple and can be executed in probably a thousand different ways. And that was a whole, it's a simple lesson, but you'd be surprised by how many times, you know, people are talking about ideas, but they're actually talking about the technology. Oh, it's a VR thing, but why must it be a VR thing? What are you trying to achieve? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for
1: sure. Knowing where you're trying to go. And and having that clear clarity in mind before you even start thinking about how it's being executed. Um, You mentioned the skin deep and there's people who are listening who don't know what the skin deep is and I think goes very well into the next question I have for you, (laughs) Uh, which is what is our connection, whether it's a moment or an idea, a creation or a practice that has brought us together and keeps us together together? I actually have my own thoughts on this, but I really want to hear what yours is first. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, well, first, what brought us together was The Skin Deep, I think particularly The And. So The Skin Deep is an interactive and linear documentary studio operating pretty much independently. And while at The Skin Deep, we created all sorts of Experiences and series, and the most famous one was The and which at this point, like, has an Emmy, went viral, has viewership across the world, um, and all sorts of you know ecosystem things like an, an app, a card game, an interactive website, the YouTube series, etc. But at the at the heart of it, it was about creating a safe space for people in all sorts of relationships to have a conversation, like a really honest conversation, and for everyone else to be able to even have an opportunity to sit and listen to that type of intimate conversation in a way that I think wasn't necessarily available previously. And I I think it created a space for people in places around the world to learn and discover themselves and what they liked, what they didn't like in a way that they couldn't perhaps before.
1: Uh, I agree with that. And for those listening, I will definitely put links to The And and to The Skin Deep so you can learn a little bit more about the interactive projects that Julie and I worked on. Um, But that is technically the setting that we interacted with for the first time Um, we worked together. Um, But correct me if I'm wrong, I don't actually think we were very close when we worked together. Initially?
0: No, I don't think so I think we were part of a team that was really like we were all close as a team and I think that's because of the nature of the work and the conversations that we were all having and yeah, the totally that, like all of us were really young we were babies <laughs> <laughs> like some of the work we were doing in our early 20s slash mid-20s nowadays I hesitate and I'd probably say we need a specialist or something. <laughs> like a <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, for sure. No, I don't think that we were close then. I think we did have a few deep conversations from like time to time from what I remember. And then at some point we kind of went off in our own paths. You did that Google project with Carla and then you started your own thing, you moved away, you found love and <laughs> <laughs> And then like I did my own path as well and then you did we, the New quirk. work. Yeah. Yeah. I think like the, the moments when we did reconnect phone calls, we would have, we would remember that we actually really enjoy talking to each other and then they'd be like, why don't we do this more often? And then I think, uh, then the next thing was last year, almost a year ago, I held a circle where we just talked about almost spiritual growth, I guess, virtually with a few friends. And from there, we all shared and connected. And then I, I talked about, Tori Hoffman, my spiritual life coach, who is now your spiritual life coach. coach. (laughs) Then you reached out to me months later and we're like, she's my spiritual life coach. I want to talk about this. And then we started reconnecting and then became accountability buddies. And I think we stick together and continue to have this friendship because I think it's as if our, I'm trying to think of a word. We're both on spiritual journeys And we can connect on that. But I think we're also on on similar intellectual journeys. I
1: agree with that. I definitely agree with that. What something that I am regularly grateful for in you and in awe of when it comes to you is, um, is your tendency to think about life sort of like from a bird's eye view it seems almost angelic. It seems angelic and beautiful the way that you see the world and you see so much potential. You see so much potential in what the world can be like and the ways that people can connect. And you lead in the tangible world from that place of opportunity. And it's just so enlivening. <laughs> It, it feels so warm and genuine, like a genuine curiosity about what makes the world work and run and how we can be free. I think your own journey with expansion and liberation and freedom, it seems like to me is a, is a foundation for how you interact with the world.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate you saying that. I think there was a, a piece of the story I didn't include, which is a lot of the, the hard work and the curiosity and also just the following the dreams part, which we talked about at some point, I think it comes from the fact that I am an immigrant. Anytime someone's ever sort of questioned my abilities or my vision, it took a lot of fighting to be even to have an opportunity to direct anything, et cetera. That's what it felt like a little bit. And so that fueled me to sort of, sort of push forward and because I was like, I have to do this. Like I came to this country. My parents brought me here. I have to do this. Um, yeah. But I agree that there's definitely a little bit, sometimes I feel like I'm floating away from reality. And every once in a while, Nico, my partner will remind me because he does this little thing. He's like, this is you. La, 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 la. <laughs> Like in a little bubble. <laughs> so yeah. I kind of balance between super up in the clouds and then also very connected emotionally. And I think that's why the and was something I could do. And that's why maybe the stuff we do at that is something I can do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: Um, well, being someone who... Like that definitely resonates for me being someone who is very much in the clouds and the link for me from the clouds to the natural world is my emotions. (laughs) It's like all of the things that I'm feeling internally. And I have used my emotions as a guidepost for whether or not I'm doing what I should be doing. And I don't know if that's the right way to be living my life, but it's the way that I've been living it and it seems to be working. So
0: I'm going to just keep it moving and hope that that works. Yeah. Well, what I admire in you is your commitment to your own self-discovery and also your bravery in taking a leap into doing something for yourself. Essentially what we're here for is something that you've built. And I think us reconnecting is another opportunity for me to learn. I think I'm learning a lot from you and I think I'm being inspired a lot because I I think what you're doing is amazing. And one day I will do that for myself. Oh my gosh. You're so kind. (laughs) Thank you so much. I feel
1: grateful to be in community with you. I am inspired by you all of the time. Um, And you always show up with a perspective that I wasn't thinking of and it, it drives my thinking in a, in a different way, in a more expansive way. Um, cause I mean, in building my own business, essentially building my own business, building a, a multimedia healing project, it can be very easily, I can be very easily go into my own head and, feel like I'm in a box and there's no escape from what I've done, if that makes any sense. And then when you share your own thinking or your experiences with all of these different kinds of media and really getting to a clear idea, like your ability to get to a clear idea has helped me remember like, oh, okay. Once I have the idea, the implementation is exponential. It's abundant. Um, and it's helped me sort of break out of my own box a bit. Um,
0: I want you to, you might've done this, but if you go on your Instagram, uh the not at series Instagram, and you just scroll back, like scroll all the way down. I don't know when was the last time you did that, but I would highly recommend because I think you would be surprised to see, and you know this, but I thought it was quite like an interesting visual where you started with the series and what it was going to be at that time and what it has evolved into. So the idea has continued to evolve, but I think at the heart probably stayed similar. But the execution completely shifted.
1: Absolutely. Execution completely different. Um, from the very beginning, this project has been about relationships. Um, and, and for those listening now, the first season of this podcast was me hosting sort of like a talk show, if you will, of relationships of two people who knew each other intimately, whether they were best friends or siblings or parent-child or what have you. And they had their own dynamics and their own challenges. But at the foundation of it, there was like a really sincere love and affection and respect. Um, And in a way, I was using a lot of the skills that I had (laughs) honed while at the skin deep to help them reveal to themselves and one another what they actually want for the future of that relationship instead of just sort of getting in stuck into mm-hmm. routine and as this project has evolved I'm like and how I've evolved as a person I'm seeing like it's actually not about our relationships with other people. It's a hundred percent about our relationships with ourselves, because at the end of the day, we're kind of projecting (laughs) We're all projecting all the time. And all the people that live in our lives, we have given a story to we've given a story. We've given them a set of attributes. We've given them skills. We've given them a place in our lives that they are occupying for either a short period of time or extended period of time. And when we heal the, hiccups that we have for ourselves and the ways that we beat ourselves up or the ways that we limit ourselves or put ourselves in the box, we allow that expansion into all of the other human beings that occupy our orbit. Uh, And we free ourselves to live the lives that we really want at the bottom of our hearts that we didn't even allow ourselves to articulate because we were afraid of how big they were um, when you're just... Love on yourself a little bit more, um, and it's been it's been so amazing to see it expand into this new season and the new workshops, and even launching the digital community, so that folks can have these conversations and consistent practices also for their own mindfulness and their own self healing and their own self knowing. Because uh, I honestly do believe that if everyone in the world just did what they were here to do what their true purpose is, that thing that they feel curious about, that they feel excited about. If everyone did that, we would live the connected mindful self-actualized reality of our dreams.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I am on that journey. (laughs) You really are. You really are. Um, when
1: we first talked about coming together, uh, it was about making decisions <laughs> for our lives, um, for what's in the short term and what's in the long term. And it feels so, re- like the more that we talk, it just feels so very relevant and the reason we were supposed to gather today. Um, because when you are on this journey of exploration, it can be really challenging to figure out what is what's the thing that I'm developing for my life and myself right now? And if I'm thinking about my life as an arc, if I'm thinking about my life as a story, what's, what's coming up in the future? And what do I have to, how do I prepare myself for that next step that I know is supposed to be happening, but I don't really feel ready for? It? And uh, I do not know what that is for me. I have been winging it my whole life of like, I guess this is for now. (laughs) I guess that's for later. And it was usually, it's usually been a, I feel ready or I don't feel ready. And it's in my body or it's in my brain. And sometimes it's a mixture of fear. Sometimes it's anxiety, anxiety, sometimes it's excitement. And sometimes it's confusion. And I really want to talk with you when it comes to like your, well, I was going to say your creative practices, but it really feels like your creative practices and your personal practices are very intertwined.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is part of the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. How do you feel about uh,
1: doing a little of a, a retro, a, a walk back to figure out how exactly we come up with what we do now and our creative endeavors and what's for the future.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs)
1: Um, So a little hindsight, I shared with Julia before we had this talk uh, a couple of things. One is what I'm working on right now. And another is something that I want to work on later. And the later is an ambiguous later. I don't even know when it's going to happen, but I know it's something that I'm going to do. It's something I need for my body and my soul. Something I'm doing right now is building the not yet digital project and also healing my relationship and expectations with my family. Those are very big, big things and we can break them down later. <laughs> um, and something that I want to do later is write a book and it's also getting married. Also very big things that mm-hmm. we can break down a little bit later. Um I'm curious, Julian, what are your things for now and your things for later?
0: Yeah, so I actually found this very revealing, this exercise, because my initial reaction was to think about what I'm doing at work, to think about which project and why, and what, like, at what point do I choose this one versus now, because that's where we're at. But then I thought about, the purpose of this community and thinking about what is my actual journey, what's happening. And I realized it's first developing a personal and professional foundation. I have in many ways developed a professional foundation, but now I want to design my life a bit more and become the human that I know I can be and am proud of. So that's number one. That also includes becoming a better leader when working with people. And then it also includes and I wrote like uncovering and rediscovering my taste as a creator and as a storyteller. Mm. Yeah. And not That's trying big. <laughs> it's huge. <cute. laughs> I know. I know. And it's something that I've known for a very long time, but I think honestly just fear a lot of fear. Um, and then for later using the analogy of the foundation, then the later is building the, profess- the professional and the personal house and part of that house is, this is still very vague and I'm super duper afraid of even touching it with like a six foot pole. Like there's something about it that I like, it's cooking. I don't want to look at it. I can't write. Um, it's called Joyful Wild which is sort of the thing that I use to describe myself. And this was actually, someone else wrote me in my in my uh, company. Someone wrote me a Thanksgiving card and they had called me that. And it was the first time in my life that I, I liked how somebody described me. And it had like a little physiological effect on me so I said yeah of course I'm a joyful wild mind that's the only thing that makes sense like I'm not this or that or these titles we try to put ourselves into so joyful wild mind for me became almost this feeling of it's a philosophy and it's how you can think about the world and move through life so I know that it's some form of a global venture creation thing I don't know exactly what it looks like yet And then I know that there is a part of it called weird and wild, which can possibly sound dirty, but that's not how I want it to sound. But in my my mind is about content and it's a place where like I could have the type of travel show experience that I always envisioned myself creating and hosting.
1: Wow. I would love to see you host a travel show. It would be
0: amazing. I've, I have I've so many thoughts, but I'm like, why, why do, why does the world need another travel show? Why does it need to be me? Like I've had so many thoughts. Um, it needs to be you. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. And then I think more practically, and this is something I'm also kind of, I think this is the adult part of me. I'm married and I've been with my partner for almost 12 years on and off now, which is kind of a crazy amount of time. And for the majority of the relationship, I've been one leg in, one leg out. There's this. there's been a fear of commitment for me. And COVID challenged us a lot, almost to the brink of ending. And then, actually, <laughs> but then we bounced back. And now I think we're in the best place we've ever been in. And so actually, we're having a lot of fun thinking about adult things together, like buying land and building a house. I did a tiny house building workshop. The idea of Having something that you can call home, that you, or maybe not home, but something else, like a place you can go to, that's in a different country, or, or I don't know. Just starting to think about, yeah, a space.
1: Mm. It seems like the things that you want to do for now and for later all have to do with creating and articulating your dreams. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, which is amazing. That's amazing. One, um, because when you were talking about what you want to do for now, when you said oh, articulating your taste. Yes, we hear and we see and we digest so much external information, so much data that we're looking at. There's so many um PR spaces that tell you what to like and what to value and what to dream and what to think and what to make and being able to sift through that and be like, no, 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 no. This is my zone. This is what I value. This is my
0: my taste. Mm -hmm.
1: First of all, I'd love to see that Pinterest board of yours.
0: (laughs) Well, it's also about the fact that when you're constantly, as you say, just sort of swinging and figuring it out as you go, You can only create a certain type of thing, and then it's so easy to get pigeonholed. And I think the world loves to put people into boxes. And so if, for example, if I worked on documentary, then what am I likely to get hired to direct something? It's in documentary. Mm -hmm. And then there's a certain type of look of video documentary versus more narrative or more film. And so I think at some point I realized, oh, I'm not happy with what people are pigeonholing pigeonholed into. Mm-hmm. And I want to try that. And I think that's the shift where I started to notice, oh, if you want to do something different, you have to once again, like decide what that is and then go after it. Yeah, Otherwise, you have to world... keep
1: reinventing.
0: Yeah, keep and actually- yeah, okay, so I'm gonna share quite like a little anecdote. Love <laughs> it. This is, this is sort of, um, I don't know if it's a philosophy, but it's just, it's a vision I hold on to, which is there was one point, I think it was like 10 years ago, I was visiting, I was in Israel in a town called Yaffa or Haifa. I always get those two confused. It's the town where there's a floating tree. And essentially, not too far from the floating tree, there's this woman who's an artist, and she has this house that she opens up to the public as a museum. And when you walk through the house, each room has a different, almost like chapter of her life as an artist. And in each room, there's different materials. So maybe for the like the past seven years, she's been working with metal. But before that, she worked with wood. Before that, she worked with acrylic paint, et cetera. And so you move through her house and you're moving through a physical representation of her as a person and also what she's created and put out into the world. And it's also different. It's continued to evolve because she's continued to innovate and sort of rethink who she is. And then there's these two doors. You open those up and it faces the Dead Sea. So it's very magical. And that's the image that I always have where at the end of my life, like, what is that house? What are those rooms? And what's the view? <laughs> yeah. The view is the Dead Sea. Yeah.
1: You know, I I've been getting a lot pretty into tarot lately. And before I started learning about tarot, all that I knew about it was that the death card existed, and I was terrified of it. I was like, "Oh my god, am I gonna die? Someone I love gonna die? Like it's the end of the world. What does that mean?" And now that I know more about it, the death card is actually about the closing of a chapter and the opening of a new one. It is arguably one of the best cards in the deck. It's about rejuvenation and it's about sifting out what is no longer yours so that you can be really clear about what is. And so I love that the view is the Dead Sea for you.
0: Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, I I think death and life, it's like a yin and yang you can't appreciate life unless you know that there is some sort of deadline. When you're a creator, when you're making something, you can continue to think and make forever unless there's a deadline. So you can't have one or the either. I think they're both, and that's why they're beautiful. But yes, like the way we think about death is definitely, it's more complicated than that. It's more poetic. Um, mm. I don't know if we have time, but I had like a, <laughs> a cow ceremony recently about death.
1: Oh my gosh. That's that's another episode. (laughs) I would love to hear it though. I would love to. Um, so yeah. So for when it comes to what you're working on right now, it's, um, identifying and clarifying what your taste is. And when it comes to the future, it is thinking about where it is you want to be What's the legacy that you want to leave um, in your relationship and in your creative practice.
0: Yeah, I would say that's accurate.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about what you're discovering right now is your taste? Hmm. Yeah,
0: I think I'm, I haven't been doing it really consciously in a focused way. I I'm starting to like one of my things that I'm doing this weekend is just even going through, for example, freethebid.com. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, I've um, never heard of this. What is this? Check it out. It's um, it's a it's a community, it's a nonprofit. It's free a freethebid.com. Yeah, it's specifically around making sure that there are women in commercial settings who are able to pitch to direct commercials, their editors who are women, just making sure that the the commercial world is a bit more open, essentially, but they have this amazing database of all these different storytellers. So just even looking at work like that and seeing what hits home, what's resonating, whether that's like a narrative thing, whether that's a visual thing, stuff like that. um, Conceptually, I can tell based on the projects I lean into that it's usually pretty existential, concepts and problems that I think are fascinating like what is the future of humanity and then like previous things around being in transition between spaces identity the complexity of identity choices um, and also our relationship to technology and how that influences our identity essentially and our choices things like that would be the topics that I usually lean into a little bit
1: This all makes sense. <laughs> this all <laughs> makes a lot of sense. And I love that you're articulating it. I think that's that's one of the biggest challenges for me uh, because it's really easy to say, oh, I like this. Oh, I don't like this when it does come up. But being able to take all of that information and funnel it through and explain it into words to people who don't have that context, that's the challenge for me. Um, when I think about making a decision now um versus making a decision for later when it comes to my creative practice um i'm i'm thinking about something you said earlier about um your travel show <laughs> You, know. you, you asked, you laughed, you laughed, you laughed. And you also asked a question like who needs another travel show and why does it have to be me? And those are actually pretty big questions that I ask myself when it's coming to something that's later. When mm-hmm. I don't know the answer to those things, like what is it about me that makes this special what it is about this situation that is fundamental for me and my growth. Like all I know is I have that feeling on my stomach, oh, wow, that sounds exciting, but I don't know where it fits in the grand scheme. That's for later for me. But if I know the answer to that, <laughs> then it's for now, which is kind of terrifying because Before, I would not do things, even when I had the answer, because I doubted myself. Like, when I think about even building Not Yet, I took a hiatus of this project, and I knew exactly how it fit. I knew exactly why I needed to be doing it. I knew exactly why my skills and experience were perfect for it, and I was terrified of it. So I pushed it to the later pile, and a big transition that I'm going through right now is when you know the why and you know the how and you know the what to just do it.
0: Okay, so first of all, I feel like you just sort of blew my mind a little bit because that's not something I realized at all. Like, oh, wow, okay. That's a very different way of approaching decision-making and timing, so thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. And then I had a follow-up question, which is why is it that you felt like once you already knew what you wanted to do, why do you think you felt that fear? What was stopping you?
1: Uh, let me think. I'll use a specific cause I'm afraid of a lot of things. <laughs> um, well,'ll I'll speak about not yet because that's that's actually the the thing that I brought up as building this project is um, Why now? You know, I feel like the universe gave me a lot of opportunities to do it on my own accord and to do it on my own timing and to do it on my own comfort. And I would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Sounds nice. Like I, I launched the first season of the podcast right before I moved to North Carolina. I was freelancing at the time, so I had a really flexible schedule, um, but I didn't keep doing it because I came up with a lot of excuses like, Oh, I can't do it while I'm not in New York city. That doesn't make, that doesn't make sense. (laughs) Like (laughs) the 21st century, I can do anything on a computer. Um, I was going through a lot of changes being in a new state. I didn't really have, I didn't have any friends. It was me and my fiance. That's the people that I knew. Um, it was also right before COVID. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I moved at the end, the middle of 2019, Um, and so I was like, okay, I'll take some time to get uh, accustomed to this. I'll make some friends. Um, excuse me. I was also terrified about money. Um, that's something that comes up a lot for me in my creative practice because I, I've, I've been a creator in my professional life, my entire professional life. I, I haven't really had a, a different framework to work with and also, my background, like my my family, my parents. My mom's an anesthesiologist. My stepdad's an engineer. What I grew up with was like you go to college and you do these things and you get your nine to five and you go. And so, yes. my my parents wanted me to succeed. Obviously, they loved me, but they had no like knowledgeable framework of how being a creator works. And so, I was just. Jumbling through it all, like I moved to New York City, I didn't. Ha- I literally knew no one in New York when I moved, and I built up a community off of my wit and charm. (laughs) And I was like, okay, this is going to work. It's going to work. And, but in the back of my head, I was terrified my entire creative career. I've been terrified of like, this isn't going to make money. No one is going to value this. Um, how am I going to make this sustainable? I have actual bills to pay. Why is my rent $2,400? Like (laughs) like how is this possible this is not a sustainable lifestyle for anyone and so because I was so afraid of of not having enough to literally survive on I would not do anything at all because I thought that any time that I was spending on something that wasn't making me money was a waste of my time because I wasn't going to be able to feed myself
0: yeah
1: (laughs) Which is so fucked up because when I think about the role that artists play, like we're fundamental in creating opportunities for joy and connection and healing. Without which, what's the point of being on this earth? But it's so hard to quantify that value, dollars and cents, because also as a creator, it's your responsibility to declare the value of what you bring for yourself. So if you are not, I say you, but I'm talking to me, like (laughs) if you are not certain about the value that you bring to this universe, you'll be crushed. And I wasn't certain. I i i didn't know i i didn't value myself i didn't value what i brought to the table and so i tried to morph myself into being someone different so i worked in government i worked in nonprofit and i tried to like adjust who i was to fit into certain avenues that i thought could be successful and like pay my bills or whatever and I'm grateful to them. I'm grateful to those experiences because I've learned so much about certain industries, about myself, about my own process of creation from being in those spaces and being asked um, to change myself and being like, Oh, actually I can't change this. This is not something that I change. And I've transitioned from being, I can't change this to I don't want to change this. Like I love who I am. I love the way I think I love the way that I create. I love the way I connect. I love the way that I express myself. I love the way that I grow. And I'm only interested in being the person that I am and learning more about who the fuck I am. <laughs> so, um, so, But how did that happen? A lot of failure. And uh, I mean, I have a whole podcast episode about how I got fired from my job this year. Um, And when you get fired from your job and the only thing that you feel is joy and relief, that's probably a sign that you're supposed to be doing something else. Like I wasn't afraid at all about paying my mortgage in that moment, in the actual moment that it happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I, later on I was like, oh, shit, 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 shit. Like things cost money. But like in the moment I was like, oh, thank fucking God. I'm so I'm free. I'm free. And like, and, it, and it's when like these crucial big moments happen and all you can think about is who you actually are and what you want to be doing, whatever that is, that's what you're supposed to be doing. And I just hadn't been valuing it in myself. And so it is not a constant, oh, this is done. Oh, um, I figured it out. Like, I, no, I've not figured this out. I, 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 I struggle with it every day. Just yesterday, I went in my backyard and I looked up at the sky and I was like, why me? (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) What do I do next? Like, I'm emailing people throughout the day trying to get the word out about this digital community because I'm like, this is valuable. Artists need this. Like, Like, I know from the bottom of my heart that people need this resource, but I have no idea how to do it. And I'm just like okay and then when i'm not emailing i'm looking out into space i'm looking at my computer i'm looking at tv and i'm like i feel like a piece of shit because i'm not working and i'm like oh that's the capitalism coming back to like bite me the ass again so like i'm not i don't i haven't figured it out that's the thing
0: (laughs) well you figured you figured out the what and the why almost but you can't figure out the how the how comes it as actually tori often says the what sorry how do I say this your brain is going to try to make a decision and find the way something's going to happen it's going to try to figure things out and problem solve that's a great tool you can absolutely use your brain to problem solve certain things but your brain isn't going to discover something that is essentially almost like spirit-led or universal timing or whatever it is right I think that you have to let go of in order to trust that if you are really doing what you believe needs to happen, which you are, then the other stuff will come. You just need to continue on focusing on the what and the why and not the how. Yeah. It's really...
1: really If I knew the how, I would have done it by now and it's not working. So (laughs) I just...
0: But also like, yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people get trapped in the how. I get trapped in the how all the time. Anytime... Actually, this is something I'm actively practicing people have often told me you should start your own business and my initial gut reaction was fear and being like yeah but like how and what what would I do what would people pay me for I don't know like I'm a hybrid I don't know what I am I don't know how to sell myself and it would just go on and on and on and recently Tori was like when someone says that to you turn around and say thank you I'll think about that instead of automatically rejecting the idea because Mm -hmm. of the how and I think yeah. you figured out the what and the why. The what is also going to continue to explore, but the why I think is really really important.
1: Yeah, I think the I think the what all changes. I feel very connected to you and that like sort of hybrid neutral, not hybrid neutral, medium neutral approach yeah. to the work, capital W. Um, but the why doesn't change; it goes deeper
0: um, as you also evolve in your own path. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You think we have an answer?
0: (laughs) I mean, I do think you, the way you work through making decisions is definitely an answer to just thinking about timing when the ha- when the how comes to you, you understand. Cool, I'll do this now. And I think that is an answer that maybe I didn't know I was looking for, but that's actually very helpful for me. <laughs> I'm glad I can be helpful. <laughs> yeah. um, I was also thinking about it. Uh, I kind of had a, like a whole little thing to myself because I was like, "Well, how do we make decisions?" And I think it's the spectrum of one side is spiritual. And this is where you think divine timing and intuition and gut, like your body said yes. And then one side is strategic. And this is where your brain lives based on the world and cultural conversations and what is happening. This is important or like timely. So that was how I was initially approaching it before I just let go of that and said, okay, let me think about my life rather than thinking about a project because that was how I was thinking about a project. Um, But the truth is there's things I've thought about, that are just still in my, I don't know if it's my brain, but it, it still feels like it's in my body and I have not expressed it. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure if I will end up expressing it. I don't know the form I'll end up expressing it in, but I know that it's important as even a thought or as a reminder for myself. And if it never goes out into the world, then maybe it's about, it's almost like more philosophy and process driven, in which case it informs that part. But yeah, um, you said you also know in the future you're going to write a book. And since I was a kid, I also had that feeling yeah. of all the mediums. That's the only medium. I was like, I think I'm going to write a book before I die. That's going to happen. Like it's going to go out into the world.
1: You said earlier that words flow through you.
0: Yeah, they do. And I think that's part of the, the process now. What I really feel right now and why I wrote those things, it's a coming back to myself. Because I think I spent a lot of time being curious and exploring all these things, but also seeking external approval and validation, Mm -hmm. which means that I'm trying to fit myself into certain parameters. And I can see that eventually over time, you start to believe what other people project onto you if you don't know who you are. So now it's a matter of, there's always been a part of me that's been solid, but then there's this other huge part that is constantly adapting. And there was one moment... I think it was last year, somebody said, well, yeah, but you're amazing because you're so adaptable and you can do all these things. You're essentially high functioning to do all these things. And I said to myself, I no longer want to be adaptable. If that word means throw whatever at Julia's plate and she'll just like do it. I think I want it. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm done with that. And I think that's what really started to push me. And then I also realized Somewhere along the way of being a hybrid curious human, I think I started to tell myself a belief that I was never going to be an expert in anything. And I'm going to use the expert word loosely because I don't mean it as like expert within a very particular thing to the point where I'm like, yes, in those lenses, at 50 millimeters, this is what happened. (laughs) Uh, But more so in the fact of, I think I started to say, oh, you're just going to be a master of none. Like you're going to do all these things, you're going to be a master of none and you can't be a master. And I think that is fear-based. And I don't think that's true. And so that's also part of the reason where I'm starting, I'm just in a process of rediscovering parts of myself that have remained unchanged. But I just hid them so that I can actually communicate what is truth for me and also why. I don't
1: know. No, that makes a lot of sense. No, I hear that of recognizing the parts of you that have remained unchanged, regardless of what medium you're exploring or what idea you're exploring and really revealing the purpose of why you had to learn this particular lesson or, or why you had to explore this particular kind part of the world or why you had to have this particular connection so that you could create or reveal this X.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also putting aside the ego, I think in writing, I mean, it's funny because I think I've been partially really successful on paper because of my ego, (laughs) because I can't do this. Let me go ahead and like prove you wrong. But in doing that, I just reacted to people's perceptions of myself and did things out of spite sometimes. And I'm not proud of that. I think it's like when sometimes people are like, "Yeah, you have a fire in you." Like I definitely do. Um, I'm a water. What fire, I'm are you? Fire. I'm a Pisces, but close to an Aquarius. And I don't know, Pisces doesn't really connect with me because they always the, the way Pisces are written about. It's like, "Oh, you're so emotional and like wavy." I'm like I'm wavy, but I feel like I'm starting. I'm. I've been an emotional person who. Was unaware of their emotions. I was aware they were happening to me, but I was disconnected. So you were I, in, you were in water. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm processing them in real. Life. <laughs> I used to no, no joke. Me and Nico get into fights, and I have to walk away, write a letter, and give it to him. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> process my feelings, and then do it. And he's like, "This is not how people communicate. <laughs> this is the only way I can do it right now." I think that's a
1: really valuable way of communicating. I used to do that with my mom uh, when I was growing up. And I was maybe 12 or 13 and we had a journal and we would t- trade it back and forth and I would write how I would feel and she would read it and then she would write my me a letter and Why I that Why I wonder where that journal is. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, it seems like you're doing you're doing the valuable work of revealing your purpose and who you are.
0: Yeah, it's not comfortable, but I think the timing part of it is also there's no way you can continue onwards if you don't do this work now. Is um,
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because otherwise your ego is going to be driving everything and it's going to be 20 years from now and you will have created these big, beautiful things that aren't you.
0: Yeah. And I'm already, I'm already getting a taste of that and have also faced like very of that, um, moments for the last two years and you know what I mean there's reasons why it was like oh I have to like get a spiritual life coach because therapy is not cutting it there's something really deep happening here but I think it's that disconnect I have I'm not one of those people that can show up and do something unless it's like I'm putting myself into it which is challenging in a, in of itself but it is just the way it is so I think, I think it's I,
1: really valuable when you commit to something you give yourself to it
0: yeah. And if I'm doing something that's not aligned, it quite literally drains all of the life force out of me. And then I sit in my apartment by myself for days when I'm talking to me, <laughs> and I don't want to be there. So that's why I'm like, oh, there's no other choice. Got it.
1: Cool. <laughs> awesome. Expansion. Let's go. <laughs> ah, yeah. uh, well, thank you for that. Um, thank you for actively listening and thank you for also sharing your process because that illuminated a lot for me too um with that in mind um as I start to close out can you share one self-discovery practice that you have that's helping you discover who you are
0: yeah and it's a simple question it's also from Tori she's obviously been a life changer um Gonna have to put her in the show notes too. <laughs> yeah, we we definitely need to shout her out. She's literally in many many ways. I could not be where I am today without her. Because even a year ago was just a different story. Um, but anyway, she with every session, and we have weekly sessions. Asks a few questions. So I do my homework, fill those out. Things like, what is my energy level? What am I, what are insights that came up for me this week? What um, what can I acknowledge myself for, et cetera? But the one question that is always asked and used to just make me so frustrated was, and what do you need right now? So after initially really rejecting that question violently and just being like, Yeah, but like you should tell me what I need. <laughs> Can you tell what I need? The answer is no. And as a coach, her job is to guide me. And therefore, I have to do the work of deciding, like sitting with myself and understanding, what do I need right now? And if you can practice asking yourself, what do you need right now? You will start to realize you know exactly what you need. You're just blocking it or you're afraid or you're deferring someone else who probably isn't at all aware to the depth that you're aware of your own experience. To make a choice because you think their choice is going to be accurate so what do you need right now and if that means i need to not work today and go and sit under this tree do that and if it means actually i really need to get my financial like i, I don't know awareness in order and therefore i need to sit down and count numbers and see what i'm spending do that um or if you need a hug anything that you feel like you really need and i think It's such a simple question, but most people don't know how to answer it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you are the one person who has full knowledge of your desires, your experiences, and your hopes. So you are the most qualified person to answer that question.
0: Mm -hmm. But that responsibility is (laughs) heavy. That's what we're afraid There we go. Yeah, Yeah, I, I
1: love that. Uh, I really love that practice. Thank you for sharing it. Um, and thank you for sharing this hour and your presence. It's been an absolute, absolute delight.
0: It's been really fun. I was very nervous. I was like, "Ooh, OK, this is going to get personal on the Internet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's been so cool. Thank you so much, Julia. Uh, can you share with the folks listening what you're up to and where we can find you on these here in
0: Nets? Oh, yes. OK, so I have an Instagram. It's at Jay I'm not posting all the time, but there's some weird stuff up there. So go ahead and check it out. Um, I also have a website, juliegorbouch.com, that I will update hopefully tomorrow <laughs> they'll see some updated work and that's just basically the projects that I've done. Um, LinkedIn, Julia Gorbach, you can connect with me. You've questions, thoughts, et cetera. And then if you are interested, there's a lot of work that we're doing with that. We just launched the work from wherever collection, which is attempting to really address the whole, what is the future of work and what is a hybrid, uh, the word hybrid. Um, work scenario look like but through humor and satire so you'll find that on my website i'll add it wow. awesome all right you're sorry, star julia um i thank you thank you so much for for first of all for asking me and then for holding space and making it really fun and comfortable
1: <laughs> thanks for listening and i hope you enjoyed today's episode of not yet the podcast is hosted by me Paige polk and produced by Paige Polk International. The show art is made by Elizabeth Olgeen, and the music is by Elder. Don't forget to subscribe here. And if you want more of this love in your life, visit notyetseries.com to join the Not Yet Project and community. I'll see you next week.